this money came from the um, federal relief money that was a result of the pandemic a few years ago. And so all governmental entities received um, some form of aid money. And so the commission um, set aside the bulk of that aid money and their essentially their savings account, trying to determine the best usage for it. One million dollars. That's the donation from the city of Hayes towards the planned new community center. I'm Becky Kaiser with Hayes Post and Eagle Radio News. I'll talk with Hayes City Commissioner Elena Cunningham and City Manager Toby Doherty on this episode of the Post Podcast. Elena, we haven't had the opportunity to talk to you for a while, so welcome. Good to see you again. Thank you. And of course, we want to remind everybody that uh, actually your absence was due to being a, a campaigning for re-election to the commission, and you were re-elected, so congratulations on that. Thank you. I appreciate that. So did you have any specific goals in mind when you were campaigning and looking ahead to the next uh, term? My main goal is just overall to do good for the community of Hayes. Um, just looking at multiple factors and really looking at the community as a whole and trying to do better. So, Well, let's talk about last night's a, an unusual meeting on Tuesday because it is a holiday week for most people. And we had uh, the city regular city commission meeting last night and the big item that was approved unanimously by commissioners elena was a request by grow hayes for a donation from the city for the community center project and the city commissioners did agree to donate one million dollars that's a lot of money but it is available to do this yes that's correct um grow hayes as we all know has been working really hard in our community um to help develop housing and now they've brought another project forward with the community center. Um, it has a great piece where it's an intergenerational. So you'll have we'll have 77 childcare spots within that facility, along with moving our senior center in there. Um, it really hits a lot of areas for our community and a lot of different generations that'll be able to interact in there together. Um, and those funds, just to make clear, they're they are from the capital reserve so they are not going to increase any property taxes for the citizens and it it should just be a really good asset to our community and of course this will be part of the planned housing development north of hayes medical center the grove and uh also the community center will have activity rooms that the general public can use correct that's correct um you know a lot of facility in there that the general public can use and then yes hopefully then the grove will develop around that center and just really um, liven up that area of town well toby let's talk about that one million dollars not a lot of cities would be able to do something like this but the the commission has that reserve fund so that they can pay cash for special and and occasional things right the city commission is typically very good with their money um they they try to pay cash for most projects they um try to 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 take care of things before letting them fall apart when it gets more expensive. So this money came from the um, federal relief money that was a result of the pandemic a few years ago. And so all governmental entities received um, some form of aid money. And so the commission um, set aside the bulk of that aid money and their essentially their savings account, trying to determine the best usage for it. Um, some went to a special highway for to work on streets. Um, some was um, receded with the Convention of Visitors Bureau because they took a pretty good revenue hit when people weren't traveling or staying in hotels. Um, and then we have about $1.6 million that's allocated for HVAC improvements at City Hall, Public Works, and Parks. Then 
um, increase the, um, the to basically make our HVAC systems better and make the air handling systems better to hopefully make it a little more uh, tolerable during the next pandemic. But that left a million in essentially unallocated funds in their savings account. And so that's where this money came from and, and where it'll be used for. Now, so so a lot of this money is allocated. Will there be more coming into the reserve fund at any point? No, uh, not from federal aid. Um, so the federal aid was a, a one-time deal. It came over the period of a couple of years, but it was a, a one-time deal as a result of the pandemic. Now, the city commission makes regular deposits into their savings account. On any given year, we bring in more sales tax revenue than we spend um, in the general fund. And that is by design because general uh, sales tax um, the sales tax rates do not go up and down very quickly. Um, it takes a vote of the people. And so we always try to keep a pretty decent buffer between how much we spend and how much we bring in um, to make sure that we're accommodating potential downturns in, in, in the economy and sales tax. Um, but what that does result in is the city commission um, typically having a little extra money left over at the end of the year. They put that money into their savings account, and then that's what they use to pay cash for street reconstructions, things like that. And we've talked about this before, but that's rather unusual for city commissioners to pay cash like we do here. It's unusual for mostly because um, we don't levy a property tax for the general fund. So when you levy a tax, um, it's it's very difficult to levy um, significantly in excess of what you need, and that's due to state budget laws. So just round numbers, if you needed a million dollars to run your city, um, you're allowed a little bit of buffer over a million dollars, but not significantly. So you couldn't just go levy a million and a half and stick 500,000 in the bank. And that's, that state budget law doesn't allow that. Um, but we don't, we don't levy for the general fund. Um, it's funded by the sales tax. We do levy, but it's for a few other things. Um, and, and given the volatility of the sales tax, um, you, you don't want to spend every dime of it because then if you have a downturn, you're, you're faced with some, some service cuts and layoffs and things like that. So um, part of the deal was um, when we switched to the sales taxes, we're going to take that money and invest it in our streets. And, and the governing body's done that since 2004. Elena, let's talk about some things that were highlighted in the progress report from uh, our deputy city manager, Colin Belzer. He talked about uh, the dog park, and that was a kind of a joint project uh, headed by the Women Who Lead group, formerly known as Wonder Women League. And we've heard lots of exciting things about finally there's lighting out there, especially at this time of year. It really makes a difference for people. That is correct. Uh, that the woman who the Women Who Lead group is an amazing group. They came together also with other businesses in town that helped them to provide that light out there. And if you've had a chance to drive by early in the morning or in the evening, you can see it from the bypass. It's really bright over there. Um, I think it hu adds a huge safety factor for those that are trying to use the dog park after the sun is down. And certainly a convenience. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Toby, now the lights are, am I correct in that the lights are on all the time? Um, they are on a timer. They're on a timer. Um, and I believe they're on in the evenings at a certain point. And then after that, and, and early in the morning before that, a, a person can turn them on. And Midwest Energy figured for the city that there's really kind of a minimal cost for running those lights. Yeah, it's a, a less than a dollar a day. They're all LED, so they're extremely efficient. 
good to have. We also wanted to talk about uh, people, I'm sure, noticed it at the time because we got a lot of inquiries here at the stations about our traffic signal upgrades at a couple of major intersections, Elena. And basically, it was just uh, the city does a good job of holding on to things as long as they can and keep them working. And we replaced some traffic lights with uh, basically, I guess, their guts, the internal circuitry. Correct. Yeah. Um, So you didn't see them replace the entire light, but like you said, the workings of it that um, will increase the way that it detects traffic to help with traffic flows. Um, Those, a lot of those lights, the components of them were about 30 years old, which I think speaks highly for our staff that they're able to maintain equipment that long. Um, And then, yeah, it, it'll really help just kind of detect when the bulk of traffic is coming through and help those signals change appropriately. And Toby, these signals at some pretty busy intersections in Hayes. Right. Um, 13th and Vine and 22nd and Vine. And then um, I forget the other one we, we did. Um, and then we have plans to do a few more next year. Uh, I know 13th and Canterbury will be one that we do next year. Um, the, the nice thing about the new technology is it um, has some adaptability to it. And so it will learn the traffic patterns and um, then it will adjust accordingly um, during those periods of time where there may be, it might only be a 15 minute period of time where there's a, uh, the system is overwhelmed with cars that'll adjust and then go back to normal operation. So, people, so people in theory, see it operate more efficiently. Okay. So in theory, uh, a driver's not going to have to sit there and wait as long as it has been in the past. Right. That's the way it should work. A good example is when we um, changed the configuration on Canterbury to three-lane, um, I spent a couple of days monitoring the morning and afternoon traffic at 22nd in Canterbury. And in the morning, there is literally an eight-minute rush between like 745 and 753 when everybody's coming back from the high school after dropping off or the, after <laughs> dropping off the kids, um, that that system's overwhelmed and cars are backed up, you know, two blocks. Um, but it's only eight minutes. And then, you know, by 7.57, it's back two or three cars sitting there waiting. Um, this type of technology will learn that, and it'll let those cars clear through um, quicker so you don't have the backup. Pretty amazing. We were talking about the artificial intelligence that is part of that system. And, and that's the way a lot of uh, technology is going in the city, like anybody else, any other business is uh, paying for that and investing in that. And I'm sure that'll be something that should last a long time. We also had um, wanted to point out that the t- departments that we've talked about, uh, Elaine and s- such a good job they do. And this, I would think, would be one of the really fun ones for the Parks Department and uh, Public Works. They get to put the lights up, and they've already done this, the decorations yeah. in downtown Hayes for the holiday. Yes, um, just really beautifies our city, I feel like, and tries to get people downtown, shopping local, um, you know, keeping your dollars here, supporting our small businesses. If you haven't had a chance to get down there, it's beautiful when it's lit up at night driving down Main Street. There's wreaths and um, greenery down the light poles. So if you have a chance, get out and drive downtown. And of course, lots of activities that are already underway and will be throughout the holiday season. You can check the CVB Convention Visitors Bureau website and and get an up-to-date list on those. Toby, we wanted to end tonight. The commission did go into an executive session last night towards the end of their meeting uh, to talk about some R9 business. Can you give us any information about that? Last night, the uh, governing body was presented the um, routing concept for the pipeline between the well field and the um, Shinshin well field. 
and um, city staff and Burns and McDonald and also 4D, our land acquisition um, consultant, um, have spent probably the last four months um, reviewing the initial routing concepts, driving all of the different routes and coming up with our preferred routes. Um, so for the pipeline we're talking yes, about. Yes, for the pipeline. So that information was presented to the governing body last night along with the parcel data information and um, things like that, estimated cost of land acquisition. And so um, the intent was to, to basically let the governing body know this is the route we've picked and these are the next steps in the process. So the next steps in the process are going to involve surveying and, um, and then we're going to solicit proposals for land acquisition services for people to actually go out and acquire the parcels for us. So you should probably see that in um, January for action. And we're talking about uh, approximately 67 miles, so yes. I imagine that involves a lot of parcels. Yes, um, I think the the route we picked is 140 parcels, something like that. And that could be, uh, some of the parcels could be owned by the same landowners, not necessarily 140 different landowners, but that many parcels. No, there are some duplicates, but um, just given the linear nature of it, not as many as you think, um, you know, traveling through four counties and and 67 miles but yes there are some duplicates um and some pretty large parcels too that we that we travel across getting exciting isn't it elena it's very exciting <laughs> yes there's and we uh, did a story recently on hayes post and the fact that you can see some of the visible results down there at the r9 of some of the work that's been going on and then what this will be coming up in january where you can Show the public this is this is the route it's yes. going to take. It'll be interesting. You went to where was it McPherson Toby to see what they did down there in a very much shorter version of it, something like this. Yeah, we took a, a group of our staffers down to look at the McPherson Pipeline and Wellfield project. They have a Wellfield they've developed south of town and a 21 mile pipeline they're constructing right now. So we met with the Board of Public Utilities staff, talked about their project, talked about what they would have done differently if they had it to do over again, and so we're hopefully learn from some of the things that they did to make our project a little better. Um, the nice thing is um, Burns and McDonald's, the engineer for them as well. So, uh -huh. um, you know, we got a lot of commonalities there. So it was, it was a great trip.